welcome to what you don't have <laughs> we're great relationships <laughs> hopefully learning to pursue the best in work in life in love right thinking right relationships right now Herman the last time we were together we were talking about the road to freedom and you wanted to be sure that I understood a couple of points but most importantly you told me after we were on the air Paul, this is not jazz. This is not variation on a theme. We're not trying to make what you've got better. We're actually trying to help you have something you haven't had. That is a new thought that I have not been thinking up until recently. You mean you had an aha moment? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely had somewhat of an aha moment. I, but I thought you didn't like <laughs> aha moments. Well, I, that, that is, that's great. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Uh, it's not, I'm not against aha moments. It's just most moments in life are oh yeah moments. Remember what we talked about? You know, you get reminded of something. This thing that I'm become privy to, I guess, could be an oh yeah moment, but more it's it's more like an aha moment. We are we are trying to consider relationships probably from the wrong viewpoint. And most people will say, what's the difference? Uh, here's here's the idea. We're not trying to improve your relationship. Just like the Lord is not trying to improve your old sin nature. What we are wanting to do, what we want is an absolute different relationship, a radically new different relationship. Well, so then, let's pray about that. I was going to say, I need some help clearing the mechanism to hear you because I just want to build on what I've got rather right. than something new. Lord, thank you that you do provide a radically new creature because of your life that you've given to us. It's not that you're making the old creature better. It's something that is totally new, and we want relationships to be the same way. In your precious name, amen. Amen. I have the opportunity to have something I've never had before. You're telling me something new, a new creation, but yet I'm thinking the relationships in my life are already existing. Am I supposed to go into the witness protection program? <laughs> the new relationship that you can have is how you are personally viewing it. And I'm not against improvement. That is not the point. I'm not saying that improvement is wrong. I'm not saying that continuously trying to improve things is wrong. I'm saying if we're only focused on trying to improve, we may be missing the fact that great relationships, what we're teaching is a radically different approach. It embodies freedom. It embodies forgiveness. It embodies confession. It invo involves all these things that is an outward focus, not that you're going to be made happy. It's about what you are doing for the other people. It's embodying what Jesus Christ is doing for us. He's not worried about himself. He's not worried about us either, but he is working on and doing what is necessary to provide the absolute best for us. That's his focus. And that's what great relationships is, is about. It's looking at another person and saying, I'm not requiring anything out of you. You don't have to treat me well at all. It's not your job. Okay, this isn't new. This is heresy. <laughs> <laughs> For most people, that's right. Because everyone and everything's job is to serve and satisfy me. That's how we typically think about relationships. I learned it since I was a baby. Start crying, you change my diaper. Everybody has this tendency to think that relationships have to have this mutuality in it. Remember, that's a program a long time ago that we did, this concept of mutuality. If you're not treating me well, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You need to get changed. We're saying something that's radically different. We're saying that it's still my option. 
not necessarily my job because it's not an obligation, but it's still my option to have a relationship with you, treating you well, whether you treat me well or not, because that's how God does it with us. Mutuality. In that program, we discovered that it's wrong. Well, we discovered that mutuality creates expectations. That's what's going on. And the whole meet me halfway and stuff. And and I don't want to redo the program. It's there. Go to the website, greatrelationships.com. That's grnumeral8relationships.com. You can listen to it. And what chapter do I want to be looking at in the material? Well, in that particular one, that'd be chapter 8 when we're talking about freedom and choice, the second part of chapter 8. That's where you'd be talking about that. Because we're talking about obligation there, which we're going to talk a little bit about today also. Yes, sir. And I didn't mean to stop the momentum, but I needed to catch up. So then the next thing is, I don't have to make it about me. You said pursuing another's best. Wait a minute. Isn't that the definition we offer for love? Pursuing another's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally? That's right. And notice where the focus is. On them. I'm the actor. It's on them. It's their, I'm doing something for them. And it has nothing in that statement about what I can get in return. That's the reason why this concept of creating expectations and mutuality will hurt relationships. It doesn't help relationships. I am expecting something out of you. And if I'm expecting something out of you, that gives me a reason to not do something for you because you didn't do it for me. That's how most relationships work. That's not what type of relationship we want to be creating. and, And it's difficult. It is really difficult. You're asking me to go to a new plane. You're asking me to see things from a higher level. And I guess the example I might make that many of us could wrap our arms around, at least in North America, um, is the Rosa Parks story. Okay. Right? There were many people who were treated poorly, but what incensed the community was Rosa Parks was such a servant in the community in which she lived that no one saw the color of her skin. Mm -hmm. So when she was suddenly judged for it, everybody was upset because here is our servant, and you're asking me to serve, to pursue another's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. We're asking you and we're asking me to consider how to look at another person and act like God does to them. Now, I'm I'm not saying that we're perfect like God. I'm not saying that at all. But God is our energy. The energy of the Holy Spirit lives the life of Christ in me when I am allowing that to happen. It's my choice to trust that to happen or not. Okay, because I was going to ask you, how is this different? How is this a new thing rather than a variation on a theme or an improvement? Well, when we get into most relationships, we maintain the expectations, the mutuality. We maintain this thinking of the return on investment. Ouch. We maintain this thinking that it's their job to make me happy. Yes, it's my job to make them happy, but it's, it's our job to figure out a way to be happy, made happy from them. Can you give me an example? Well, for instance, if I ended up hating apples, if I hated apples and I were sitting here going, uh, and I know that you love apples. Should, I should should I uh, should I just take apples completely out of our relationship to have a relationship with you? Should I just take it completely out? No. Since you like them, I'm willing to serve you by even cooking apples for you, even though I hate apples. That is putting my freedom at a lower level than serving you and seeking and pursuing your best. So the example might be you don't like apples, but we do. 
Well, the idea of, of thinking about we is, is nice, but it's, it's not we in that concept. The Lord is not talking about the idea necessarily of we, meaning he and I. He is simply willing to pursue our best whether we ever respond to him or not. It's a matter of going back to understand the most important value or the highest principle. What is the highest principle? Love. To pursue another person's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. If I'm doing that, I am limiting my own freedom. I'm removing some of my freedom to say, I don't want to do that. I'm going to serve you, not me. That's the, that's the whole idea. I'm not going to serve myself. I'm limiting my freedom at that point in time. Does this then put me on the road to freedom? Absolutely, if we understand the road to freedom. <laughs> so we can well, cover, cover that right after the break. I was going to say, I'm not so sure that I do understand the road to freedom, but you're not helping me to improve. You're helping me to create something. So there you have great relationships. GRNumeral8relationships.com is the website, or find us and like us on Facebook. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. When stress hits the system, pathology overrides theology every time, unless you are sold out. To the truth. Dr. Marlon Howe. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God that you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace, Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors, are world-class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu, gsot.edu. Or call 877-476-8674. 877-476-8674. Now get going. Now. Welcome back to What You Don't Have, Great Relationships. At least that's true for most of us. Herman, before the break, you were saying, well, there is the road to freedom, but there's a higher principle. Well, the, what we were talking about is the idea of freedom and love. Love is the highest principle. And when we are willing to pursue somebody else's best, we end up putting our own freedom underneath that because my choice is to pursue my best or pursue your best. It's a choice that is 
pushing my best down underneath yours when I decide to pursue your best. That's what love does. Okay, but demographics show, and we were talking about this the other day at Bible study, 2% of the population is assertive and aggressive enough to go chase this. 98% of us just simply want to make what's bad better, and you're telling me this isn't about making something better. It's not an improvement. It's about getting what I don't have. It's about being the type of person in a relationship that is just like God is to us in a relationship. That's the model. That is radically different. That is radically new. That is not something the way that we typically approach relationships. We are always wanting something out of the relationship instead of simply going, I'm going to pursue their best no matter what. What happens here? That's a radically different approach. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. In 2 Corinthians 5, right? For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for we are made a new thing. We get that. We go to Sunday school, small group, Bible study, you name it. Mm-hmm. But yet we're still hung on trying to improve what we've got rather than accept a new thing. That's right. I think that is the essence of why most of us don't live the Christian life abundantly. And remember, we already have the abundant life. It's not something that we need to attain to or cajole God to give to us. We already have it. We see that in Second Second Peter chapter 1, that he has given us all things for life and godliness. So the reason why we don't experience this abundant life is we're not willing to abandon ourselves to a perfect God to live through us the way a perfect God can. That's what we're not willing to do. We're, we're holding back and specifically saying, oh, wait, 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 I can't trust somebody that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I can't trust that. I can only trust somebody that's imperfect. I'm, I can trust myself, but I can't trust God. So we end up living this life that is trying to make something better out of an old creature as opposed to just abandoning myself to the Lord because I'm a new creature. It's a very different approach. It's a very different way to live. And we don't, we're not willing to do that. The Lord died for our freedom. Galatians 5.1, it's for our freedom that he set us free. Galatians 5.13, but don't use your freedom for yourself. Use it to serve other people. There it is again. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to be able to let the Holy Spirit's energy live the life of Christ through you. That's the only chance you got. This road to freedom is so important. If you can get the graphics, get the picture in your mind of a country road, think about a country road and the country road has is kind of crowned. It is kind of curved down to the edges, right? It's high in the middle and curved down to the edges. And then on the sides, you have two ditches, what we call in Texas and maybe many places, bar ditches, a bar ditch. Meaning you borrowed from there to that's make exactly it That's exactly right. You borrow from the ditches to make the road. That's, how, that's the reason why they're called bar ditches. Now, why am I using that analogy to talk about the road to freedom? And you could talk about it from the viewpoint of the road to love also, but let's Let's just talk about the road to freedom. The road is made from two ditches. And the ditch on one side is a power ditch, and the ditch on the other side is a relational ditch. Okay, have you heard that before? What is that? Oh, it starts to sound like the design of men and women. And the image of God. 
whenever you apply the principle of the image of God to something, you have a probable better understanding of how that works. So you're telling me when I borrow from these two things that the image of God is the road to freedom? It's going to be implied in this, just like in submission, just like in almost anything that we're talking about, justification, sanctification, anything. If you don't have both of those elements, you're not going to probably understand the word as good as it can be understood. Okay, so go back to the road. The road to freedom has a power ditch and it has a relational ditch. You don't want to be in the ditches, right? Because if you're in the ditches, that means that you're not on the road. Okay. It's that simple. The road to freedom, if you're wanting to start traveling this road to freedom, looking at other per- another person and recognizing the reality that they're free and looking at yourself and recognize you ha- have the reality of you're free also, you will end up messing up this freedom if we don't understand how we typically operate. Okay. I have a great tendency to live in the ditch of power, meaning I'm going to try to control things. I'm constantly trying to control the people around me, okay? Okay. In the past, that is a huge problem. It's less of a problem now simply because I'm aware of it, and the Lord is working through me to get that as not to be such a big problem. So I, I became aware that I was in this power ditch. I really wanted to be in a relationship, understanding freedom, but I'm in this power ditch and I'm trying to control everybody. I start understanding about freedom and I start pulling out of the ditch and I get onto the road and then I recognize that the people around me, especially my wife in this particular situation, don't appreciate that I am no longer trying to control them because they sense that as love and I end up, I'm on the road and I look at that and I go, They don't appreciate that at all. I'm just going to do my own thing. Who cares about them? And I end up in the relational ditch, meaning just wanting to get along but not sharing the truth, which is power. Okay, so (laughs) you've come out of the power ditch. You overcompensate. You end up on the other side of the road in the relational ditch. But because or or the apathy ditch ditch. is is an easier way to say it from that from that more. But while you've overcompensated, trying to be better, they're saying he doesn't care about us anymore because the love language that you were uh, displaying this control. You tried to quit doing. Yeah, it couldn't necessarily, wouldn't want to call it a love language, <laughs> but you would, would certainly call it part of the system, the way that you were operating in the system. So the road to freedom, you want to be on the road, you don't want to be in the ditches. And what happens when we're relating to somebody, you end up becoming too controlling or too apathetic or just try to get along with them. Those are in the ditches. That is not freedom. Freedom is on the road saying, you know what? I care about you. You're free to make that choice. I'm going to pursue your best even though you're making a bad choice. I'm not going to be apathetic about it. I'm not going to sit back and not mention it. I'm not even going to just try to get along with you. I'm going to mention it, and at the same time, I'm going to care about you. When you're on the road to freedom, you're not living in the ditches. That is a critical, critical analogy for people to be thinking about. I know that you won't completely understand it, but if you can just maintain the thought of, Am I being too controlling or am I just trying to get along? If you are in either one of those camps, you're in the ditch. And if you're in the just trying to get along, you're not willing to share the truth with somebody. If you're trying to control, you're not trying to relate to them. You want your own way. 
freedom is willing to say, I am going to pursue their best whether they want me to or not. It's my choice. That's what freedom is about. That's what love is about also. That's what makes the big difference between how God looks at us, because he does just that. He says, I'm going to pursue Herman's best, whether he cares about me or not. If, if Herman doesn't pay attention to me any time today, I'm still going to pursue his best. Wow, what a difference. Wouldn't that be nice if we thought about each other that same way? I'm going to say, ouch, and then I have to remember we're made in his image, so that really is what's required. And I'm grateful that we have the website, greatrelationships.com. That's gerenumeratelationships.com, because I can go back and listen to what you said, because I'm still mourning the fact that control and empathy are not love languages. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Again, the website, greatrelationships.com, gr8relationships.com. from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Back, great relationships, getting what we don't have, pursuing the best. Radically new. It's a new class of relationship. Maybe that's the way we need to talk about it. It's a new class of relationship, sort of like we talk about leadership. It's a new class of leader. That's the type of thing that we're wanting. I'm not making the old better. We're making a whole new thing. Yes, we're, we're looking at it completely different. And we're looking at it from this viewpoint of the road to freedom. It's one of the analogies. It's not the only analogy, the road to freedom or the road to love. You could use the same analogy. When you were talking about the road to freedom before the break, I was thinking, so if I stay on the road, it's all smooth sailing, right? That is a common misconception that many people will have about 
the whole premise of relationships. That we're but isn't about that here. how I know that I'm on the road to freedom, that everything is good? What most people define as good, that's what we'd have to ask the question. So what are you defining as good? Are you defining good, meaning the relationship is working, the relationship is great, I'm happy? I'm still defining it on a return on investment. Bingo. If you say good, meaning I am doing what God has asked me to do, I don't have any conviction from the Lord that I'm in sin, if you define good from that viewpoint, Yes, there will be smooth sailing from your viewpoint of you're continuing to do what's right. I define it by I'm feeling comfortable and happy, so the road to freedom is good. And what you're saying is, no, it's not necessarily comfortable, but the road to freedom is honestly knowing that I'm pursuing their best. Right. I know that based on what God has asked me to do, I'm simply being obedient to him on how he's asked me to operate. It doesn't mean that you would necessarily care about me. It doesn't mean that you would even even like me, but I am pursuing your best anyway. That's I have no conviction in my heart that I am treating you improperly. Is this the whole how it is versus how it feels? Absolutely. I'm not asking for you to trust your feelings in this. I am asking you to trust whether you're doing Doing what's right in this? Are you continuing to do what's right? Are you presenting your body to righteousness? Are you presenting your life to righteousness? Romans 6, 13, because that's one of the places it talks about the fundamental choice in life. Are you presenting yourself to righteousness? Or are you presenting yourself to unrighteousness? Which is it? If I am presenting myself to righteousness, then the Lord is pleased with that. But Herman, this is kind of crummy. Because my mind's already racing ahead saying, I don't like this because if I'm doing this road to freedom, pursuing another person's best patiently, kindly, sacrificially, unconditionally, odds are it's going to be an anonymous action. No one's going to know but God and I. That's the point. <laughs> Just think <laughs> about that. And that's crummy. And that's the point. And that's the reason why your sin nature goes, this can't be right. That's exactly what the sin nature wants you to be thinking. That's what Satan wants you to be thinking, is you need to get some benefit out of this. There is a huge benefit. We can't see it right now. You're either trusting by faith that the Lord is a person of his word, a being of his word, that there is reward for doing what he has asked you to do. And how do we show that we love the Lord again? How do you show that you love the Lord? You simply do what he asks you to do. And if you aren't doing what he asks you to do, you cannot sit here. I cannot sit here and say that I love him because I pursue his best when I do what he asks me to do. It's that simple. When I trust him, when I maintain the fundamental decision in life and say, I trust you, Lord, I'm actually showing love to him by simply saying I trust him. If I am deciding, no, you know, that isn't what the Lord really means by that, then I am not showing love toward him and I am not pursuing his best. And when I don't pursue his best, I won't have the energy to pursue your best because he is not going to be living through me because of my choice not to trust him. Okay, I'm getting a headache and this is making me feel very anxious because I'm thinking Christ had no benefit in pursuing our best, not in this life. And you're asking me to do that. Christ had no benefit from what he did for us? Well, not in this life, right? I mean, I'm a Christian, and I'm still looking for my benefit in pursuing others best. And the truth is, there isn't a benefit. Well, the, the difficulty with your sentence there is in this life. The difficulty is you have segmented your life to now. Your life is eternal. 
you are a child of God, and therefore you can't be looking at your life from a viewpoint of a simple little point in time. Your little point in time is expanded to eternity now. What you are doing now impacts this eternal life that you have. So I understand that I am a sojourner in this life, but why do I keep trying to demand privileges as if I'm a resident? Because we have this mindset that we are not eternal beings. We have this mindset that we need to be pleased with whatever we're doing. And more importantly, I need to be happy and joyful, primarily happy, based on my happenings. That's the, that's the great way to be thinking about happy. I'm happy because my happenings, my situations are working for me. I need to be happy in this life. And God is saying, no, this life is based on suffering so that you will be able to be rewarded in the future. Look at Jesus' life. Jesus' life is a, is a microcosm of how our life is more likely going to be. It's going to have some ups and downs, but it, there's going to be a lot of suffering in it. And the suffering in it is planting the seed for what will come. That is what we need to be thinking about. Back to that notion of this life as an internship for the next. Apprenticeship. That's right. Sure is. The road to freedom. I have a feeling we're going to need to talk about this again. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot here. Herman, I thank you. There's much for me to think about and pray about. And I'd like to give a special shout out and thank you to those who have prayerfully supported this ministry and been faithful in allowing us to happen. Thank you and bless you. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.